Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Ready, Just call me Swanee. Tiger style. Tiger style. Finally, Clemson Sports Talk has come back to drive time. Hello, everybody. Lawton Swan back in the saddle once again. It is the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk for you each and every afternoon as you make your way around the great state of South Carolina and beyond. Listening to us on incredible radio stations like Fox Sports Radio 1400 the Midlands around the world on the iHeart Radio application. Download it today. Cannot wait. To get the chance to hang out with you, Mike Yuva, GamecockCentral.com, joins the program in hour number two. The Clemson Tigers taking on the North Carolina Tar Heels later tonight. As soon as, as soon as we wrap up the show, sad that I missed the opportunity to watch the tournament, a history of the ACC on the uh, ACC Network last night at 9 o'clock. I cannot wait, however, to put my grubby little hands on it rivalries, tradition. I tell you, there was a time when they reeled that they they wheeled that cart in to the classroom, the TV and the over the air antenna to pick up a little uh, ACC basketball. Not necessarily for me growing up in the low country did that happen all that often, but in college it absolutely happened. So uh, again, the Atlantic Coast Conference tournament, I saw Tim Bure tweeting about it. I can't wait to check it out. The tournament, a history of the ACC, of the history of ACC men's basketball. And again, that premiered last night. And I am sad faced emoji that I did not check it out. But we do appreciate you checking out the program. I hope you enjoyed the uh, long form interview with former Clemson Tiger men's basketball player Tony Stockman, who's currently the head coach over at Columbia International University. We reset that one from about 18 months ago for you. On yesterday's program and today, today, yes, uh, happy birthday to yours humbly. So, uh, a lot going on here on the show that shakes the Southland on a Tuesday afternoon. 803-450-0086-803-450-0086. And again, in advance of Clemson's matchup tonight against North Carolina, rest assured the must-win moniker uh, from this seat will be fixated uh, on the remaining games for Clemson uh, in conference play. And it is a tough stretch. Tim Bure, I think, essentially said on social media the other day that this might be the toughest stretch of games when you just consider uh, the lineage of these three teams. 
As a matter of fact, the exact tweet was the greatest week of historically outstanding opposition at Little John Coliseum starts Tuesday as North Carolina comes to Clemson. The Tigers face three of the top eight winningest programs in Division I history in North Carolina, who's third all-time, Duke, who is fourth all-time, and Notre Dame, who is eighth all-time during a five-day period. And because of the upset victory last night by Virginia over the Duke Blue Devils, on the road in Durham, mind you, with a late three. Clemson will be taking on the top two teams in the ACC in back-to-back weekends, or back-to-back ball games, uh, as the Tigers will face Duke and Notre Dame with a 47-hour window on Thursday and Saturday. So, tough stretch here for Clemson. One other note, though that Tim Bray put out that I thought was spectacular, and I did have to uh, retweet it a little bit earlier today. He said, Today's note that Bob Bradley, former Clemson SID, never thought possible. It has been 1,485 days since North Carolina beat Clemson in Chapel Hill. He said, That is the longest drought for the Tar Heels without a home win against all of their 14 ACC opponents. So Clemson, a team that has never won in Chapel Hill, wins there several years ago and currently has the uh, longest streak now with the way the ACC sets up. Uh, You don't get to play everybody home and home, obviously, so that's helped it, but the stats are the stats. 803-450-0086, and speaking of the stats, coming into the game, Brad Brown all-time versus North Carolina in 16 matchups is just... 3-13, and the Tigers, as you are well aware, on the road, just 1-59 all-time. However, at home, Clemson has 18 victories in the series, losing 40 games at home uh, over the years. And the Tigers currently trail the series 133 wins for North Carolina to a measly 23 for the Clemson Tigers. This matchup, again, when you... Look at what happened and what transpired over the weekend with that 69-64 loss on the road at Georgia Tech. Look, this Clemson team, postseason play, I'm I'm talking it's minimalized uh, at the best without making some kind of miraculous run the rest of the way in conference play. Not going to happen. Or some incredible run at the ACC tournament. Not going to happen. I don't know if this team will play any postseason basketball. But... One thing is for sure, you can atone for some of the losses, especially the loss against Georgia Tech, maybe even the loss against Boston College, uh, by winning a couple of these three home games against North Carolina, Duke, and Notre Dame over the next four days, five days, whatever it is. Um, Outside of that, I mean, this thing could quickly go in the tank. And, you know, P.J. Hall's been a little bit banged up. He's dealing with an issue uh, with his foot. Uh, He is one of the best big men that I can recall at Clemson when you just talk about fundamentally sound footwork, uh, shoot the ball both hands in the paint, got a nice little three-point shot, uh, aggressive on defense, rebounds well. Uh, He is in, you know, probably outside of that window of just NBA talented big men that Clemson had with Elton Campbell and Dale Davis and uh, Horace Grant and, and and Tree Rollins, like outside of that window, 
from that era forward, I mean, he's one of the more skilled big men that you've seen in Clemson. And it's a game that has shifted away from the traditional back-to-the-basket back big man. But he does shoot pretty well from the perimeter. But again, he's a little bit banged up. And this team is severely undersized in the majority of the matchups that they face on the perimeter. It also doesn't help that Hunter Tyson is out with the broken clavicle. And, you know, look, I don't know that that there's a recipe for a high level of success against North Carolina for this Clemson team outside of one thing. Well, two things. Number one, you're playing them at home where Clemson has fared fairly well this season. And number two, this is not an invincible North Carolina ball club. It's not, you know, for years uh, when Clemson was facing off against North Carolina, uh, you knew right out of the gate that it was going to be an absolute mismatch. Uh, And there was not going to be very much opportunity uh, for Clemson to challenge, keep it close, or even find a victory if they were fortunate enough. Uh, But one thing that has changed, I would say to a degree, is that this North Carolina team, whether it's the transition of a new coach in Hubert Davis, whether it's uh, the signaling of the transformation of their program in the latter stages under Roy Williams, whether it's the one and done, you know, for whatever reason, a team like North Carolina doesn't seem to carry the same punch on both ends of the court that they once did. Now, what we do know and what we have learned uh, typically is that even when you expect the worst from a North Carolina team against a, a program like Clemson, I don't know if it's a historical thing. I don't know if it's just a luck thing or just a by chance thing, but for whatever reason a team that is traditionally traditionally a good ball club, historically, I will even say a good ball club, somehow, some way, always tends to conjure up the magic necessary to beat the brakes off of one of these teams like Clemson, who's uh, not as well thought of, so to speak. And so, again, this is a North Carolina team that was at or near the top of the ACC, they still don't feel as invincible as they they have maybe in previous years. Uh, but along the way this season, you have to tip your cap to them uh, because they've had some big blowout victories uh, in conference play, beating Georgia Tech, a team Clemson just lost to. They went into that arena McCavish Pavilion, 
and won by 17 points. They beat Boston College earlier this year by 26 points. They beat Virginia by 16. They then hosted Georgia Tech, beat them by 23. Now they've had, they, they've also had some, it, it beat North Carolina State, who I think is at the bottom of the conference right now by 20. Uh, they lost to Duke by 20. Uh, they lost to Miami by 28. So as good as they've been in some ball games, they've also come up on the short end of the stick by a wide margin as well. But the thing that I, I just kind of note when you look at them is that in most of these ball games where you would say that North Carolina is the more premier, more preeminent, you know, what more polished program, they've tended to trend the right way and come out on top. And that to me, and that to me is probably a big concern because whether or not you have seen this Tar Heel team play, one thing is for certain is that they will come in with confidence against this Clemson Tiger team. The Tar Heels average 78 points per game. They yield just 72.7. That margin's right around where Clemson scores. Clemson actually averages 72.6. So it would feel like that might be a magic number in this ballgame. You know, if Clemson can score into the 78, 80-point range, then maybe they got a better chance to win it. The fortunate thing for the Tigers is defensively, a year ago, Clemson held North Carolina to just 50 points, the second fewest points they scored all last season. And if you could get that type of defensive effort, then perhaps you don't have to run the scoreboard up nearly as much as you did, as you would if the Tar Heels are able to score pretty freely on the offensive end. A couple of names to keep an eye on in this matchup. Small forward Leaky Black for North Carolina has been really, really consistent for them over the past few weeks. I think that, you know, he's going to be a factor in this game. Uh, He's averaged, what, like eight points per ball game recently for them. Racking up about four boards a night. So, I mean, just a a, kind of a glue guy for this North Carolina team. And then the other thing, too, I think to really watch out for is how does Clemson play defensively on the perimeter? Caleb Love is fifth in the ACC in three-point shooting. Sixth in free throw percentage. And when you... You know, factor in the ability to shoot the ball from distance. You start hitting a couple of shots, that makes things tougher on the interior. For this Clemson Tiger team, it starts to spread them out. 
And, and then that's where North Carolina's got a little bit more athleticism. That's where North Carolina's probably going to have a bit of an advantage, uh, especially with the fact that Hunter Tyson uh, isn't out there because when you looked at that Clemson team on the court at times against Georgia Tech this past weekend, it's a relatively small lineup. And depending on how healthy P.J. Hall is, not only could it be a relatively small lineup, it could be a relatively limited lineup. And that's not a recipe for success for Clemson. But again, the great thing about it, you got to play the game. And far be it from me to say that Clemson won't escape with some sort of surprising victory because this is precisely the type game, if you follow Brad Brownell's career, that he manages to win. I mean, this is precisely the type of, of stretch where Brad Brownell and, and you guys who want him fired and have wanted him fired for a long time will come out and say, I can't believe he managed to win two out of these three, and I am with you. I am with you. But the minute that you start, <laughs> the minute you start raining down concern and, and uh frustration on this basketball team during Brad Brownell's tenure feels like the second they step it up and start playing at a different level. So again, we'll see what happens tonight on the ACC Network at 6 o'clock. 803-450-0086 Text line, phone line. Be a part of the program anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And again, we appreciate each and every one of you uh, for hanging out with us here for a couple hours each and every day. So again, that matchup tonight on the ACC Network at 6 o'clock, just as we're going off the air. Can Clemson shock the world? Again, this isn't a number one ranked North Carolina team, but it always feels like it. You just always, you, you always sort of know you're, you're going to be outmanned when you're taking on North Carolina and Duke and Heck, when Maryland was in the league, Maryland. And this season, what I what I am dreading, what I am dreading is what I mentioned earlier, that Clemson will find a way to win some of these games now when it's almost and, and most likely too late to turn any corners towards postseason play. And I get the feeling that if, if that does happen, and, and honestly, you kind of start to get to the point where you're like, man, I hope it won't. I hope it's just a clean break. Like, I hope it's just the end of, uh, you know, just put put all the my hopes to bed of anything special happening in 2022 with this basketball team. But then there's always that what if. And given Brad Brownell's track record, that's exactly what this could be. One of those what if type weeks where they surprise you, win two, and then you're going, man, what did you leave on the table? And then at the end of the year, you're still not in the postseason tournament and you're looking at so you're looking at a handful of winnable games that you just let slip through your grubby little hands. And I, I personally think that's worse than just losing out. 
just falling in all three of these contests. I think it's more painful when this basketball team finds a you know successful stretch shocking you only to know that you gave up so much in other games that you can't overcome. You can't, you know, you can't overcome the mistakes that have already been had in the past. 803-450-0086. Text line, phone line. With a quick break, we'll come back with more of the show that shakes the Southland on a Tuesday afternoon. Clemson Sports Talk on a Tuesday afternoon, 803-450-0086. If you want to weigh in on the Clemson men's basketball game against North Carolina coming up in uh, less than two hours on the ACC Network, let me know. Again, as I said before the break, it just it feels like one of those moments where Clemson will play lights out, come away with a victory. Maybe, maybe it's today and then uh, maybe in a couple of days on Thursday against Duke or maybe a little later in the week against Notre Dame. Who knows? Somehow Clemson will, will, will put together two fantastic home performances and you'll just shake your head at the end of the, the three-game stretch and go, how? How does that happen? I feel like I'm being set up for it. So much so that you kind of hope it doesn't happen. Again, I said earlier, like a clean break. Like We're talking about the end of the Brad Brownell era. Just have it happen. Don't leave, leave no doubt. Leave no doubt that it has to come to an end. I'm not rooting for or against it. I know some of you are certainly rooting for a change. I am not. I am neutral on it. Neutral simply because I have fired Brad Brownell many times before. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Only to see him stick around, and I crossed a bridge about two years ago where I said, well... At this point, what does it matter? I mean, I, I don't know if there's I don't know if there's somebody that could fix it. I said yesterday, I think young and energetic's the way to go once you make a move. But until Clemson actually does make a move, I've just kind of resigned myself to hey, Clemson basketball is what Clemson basketball is. As for Clemson football, however, I did see this and I thought it was pretty hilarious, but I didn't. I did not take a uh, screenshot of it, but somebody on social media was put out a, a tweet, essentially, you know, saying how Clemson's schedule was easy, and I, I think it was in relation to the fact that um, the odds came out the other day of uh, the college football playoff, 
and Clemson was one, or maybe it was the national championship. Even um, Clemson was one of the top teams listed, and a lot of people were like, "Really, Clemson? How?" And again, I don't think a whole lot has changed from the standpoint of Clemson and their ability to get into the college football playoff. I, I truly don't. A couple of reasons. One, the league that Clemson plays in. And with you, when you look at what Mario Cristobal is doing in Miami, and we can bring that up in just a little bit, you do feel like there is a chance that Miami could become a bit of a threat for Clemson out of the Coastal. But even still, that's on the opposite side of the league from the Tigers. So it's, again, out of the Coastal. You'd have to beat them in the ACC Championship most likely unless you have a year where these where they just happen to hook up in the regular season. And even still, you probably, if they don't lose more than one, will have to beat them in the ACC Championship. Uh, but the odds to win the 2022 college football playoff came out a while back, and Clemson was fourth behind Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and then this your Tigers. Behind them, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Southern Cal, Michigan, Notre Dame, etc. And I think people take umbrage to that. They, they, they get offended by the fact that Clemson could still be that high and that well thought of. Really, a lot of returning talent. Do you believe that DJ and or whoever ends up being the, the quarterback for Clemson if it in, in, indeed ends up being Cade Klubnik, isn't quality, you know, if there, do you believe there's not talent around them? Let me say it that way, uh, to navigate the ACC and get into the college football playoff. I mean, probably not. There's enough talent there to, to pull that off, even against uh, what I think most people will recognize by the end of the season as a pretty, uh, a pretty daunting task that Clemson has. When you look at their, overall schedule in 2022 and we we touched on the schedule when it, it came out what was that last week the ACC finally got the computer machines rolling to get out the schedule for your Clemson Tigers and again it's not like you just step back and go oh man how I don't think they could do this but road matchup at Notre Dame Miami under Mario Cristobal late in the week I mean, there, there are some speed bumps. NC State, who some people think could be a top-10 team, on the road at Wake Forest, a team that won the Atlantic a year ago. At Florida State, although I think Clemson will be geared up for that one. So you just, you just don't know for sure. But I think it bothers people that Clemson is still considered to be one of the top teams in the country. And so a tweet came out that sort of took a shot at Clemson's schedule. And who they play in the ACC. And again, I think that is a byproduct of it. I think that is a part of it. I do not deny that fact. But I also recognize what Clemson has done outside of the league. And DeAndre McDaniel tweeted it because somebody was questioning Clemson's schedule. He said, I'm glad you brought that up. We're 11-3 versus the SEC. And six and two versus the West, three and one over Ohio State, two and one over Alabama in the national championship in the past ten years. Check out our top twenty-five wins versus anyone else. He also went on to say that by the way, we've been top twenty-five in football and academics the last eight years. 
thanks for the layup. And look, none of that is none of that is false. And that's what I've always said. It's not who you play, it's how you play. And last season, Clemson, it was about the how. They did not play as well as they needed to or as they typically have. It's really about how you play. And in the biggest games of the season in recent memory, Clemson has played extremely well. 2021, that was not the case. They didn't play well in a lot of games. And maybe that's a part of who they were. But the reality is, is that if you look at Clemson and you see them in some preseason college football playoff being at or near the top, if you see them uh, college football playoff national championship at or near the top, it's a byproduct of, one, where they are in their league against their contemporaries, like Alabama in the SEC, and two, because they played really well as of late outside of the ACC. With a quick break, we'll bounce back with more right after this. Clemson Sports Talk on a Tuesday afternoon. You know, I, I know there's a lot of excitement coming into this college football season about Cade Klubnik and uh, the opportunity that people have and believe that he will have uh, to not maybe play significantly, but even to possibly supplant DJ Uyunglele as a starting quarterback. And again, I think it's a bit of a stretch to imagine it happens, much more so than when Trevor Lawrence came in. Um, I, I think, you know, Kelly Bryant, look, Kelly Bryant's resume speaks for itself. He led Clemson in the college football playoff as the number one seed, but he was limited in a lot of respects, especially by comparison to Trevor Lawrence. And while I, I, I don't disagree that DJ has some limitations at this point, and I believe DJ's doing some things to slim down a little bit, make himself maybe a little bit more mobile, make himself a little bit more of a of a weapon in the running game because I think Clemson knows they got to have that. You got to be more like Deshaun and Trevor at quarterback at Clemson. I I, I don't think the bulldozer is going to work, given what Clemson wants to do offensively. So I, I think he's got to be a little different, but I do think he's got a great chance to stay, obviously on the field uh, this year. Even though I think K. Clemson will press him, but you know the the thing I'm really looking forward to most at this point. I, I, you know, I don't think we truly appreciate how good Brian Brzee was. And I, I think that of all the things in the offseason, while I know some of you will say, man, I can't wait to see Kate Klubnik. Hope he presses for playing time. Hope he wins the starting job. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I just, at this point, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But I think getting back Brian Brzee, and getting him back healthy uh, is probably the top thing I'm, I'm looking most forward to. And there are a lot of great players on that team defensively that I really, really love watching. Trenton Simpson, I can't get enough of that young man. Uh, I, I think that you know his future is so bright, just given what we've already seen from him uh, in a short amount of time at Clemson. But Brzee, to me, is perhaps as impactful given what he does defensively as Dexter Lawrence. And I, I think when you 
reach back into the the archives and, and check out that Clemson football team or the Clemson football team with Dexter Lawrence out there, while maybe the numbers weren't as impressive as some of the guys around him, the thing that he did was wreak havoc and command double and triple teams and, and force the offense to scheme to keep him from being as much of a weapon as he could be. And I, I think you've got that same skill set and ability in Brian Brzee in perhaps a, I don't think a more powerful package, but I do think a quicker and more mobile package. And so I think getting Brzee back out there for Clemson this year will be a significant, a significant addition. Um, because I think he just makes makes it easier for everyone else, given the fact that he's such a weapon. And the more I think about this team in 2022 and what I think will inevitably be a catalyst to success, I think it will be how good this defensive front is. It, it is great to get Tyler Davis back. I love the little bowling ball in the middle, sort of a Grady Jarrett guy. And, you know, Dabo Sweeney was on Darian Rencher's podcast the other day, and Rencher asked him about, you know, who are your five guys if you had to start a program or something along those lines. And Sweeney essentially said, I, I, you know, I really couldn't get into him. He said, but I can tell you one for sure would be Grady Jarrett. And he just went on about how, you know, Jarrett's, you know, the spirit that sort of drove him and, and, and the mentality that drove him. And, you know, when we play that clip, when we go to the the final segment of the show every week or every day, the we win clip, that was, if my memory serves me correctly, Grady Jarrett. And, you know, I, I think that with Brzee back, in tow alongside Tyler Davis and the 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 incredible defensive line that they've got with Miles Murphy and KJ Henry and Xavier Thomas, like that defensive front is going to be awesome, and I can't wait to see Brzee back at 100. percent But I think that for me is the most intriguing storyline at this point coming into the season is what Clemson's defensive line gives Wes Goodwin in terms of disruption that could allow not only the secondary, which I brought up before, to not have to do nearly as much coverage work, but also could free the linebackers up to, you know, to have some opportunities in some of those underneath routes just simply because they don't have to feel as compelled to stop the run as you might in in a different season. So yeah, there's no doubt there are plenty of of there's going to be plenty to talk about with this team. Uh, but as I just kind of thought about the ball club the other day and the things I'm most excited to see, I recognized just how impactful Brian Brzee can be for this team. And there's a frustration too that comes along with it for me because the odds that you get another year of Brian Brzee 
if he has a great year this year, slim to none. Uh, much like Dexter Lawrence before him, I mean, he'll be a three-and-done guy. And I, I hate that because at this point, as excited as I am about what he can become, I know how minimal uh, his numbers have been because of how long he was out a year ago. And, it, it, you know, when his career wraps up, which I'm sure it will at the end of next season, I just have a feeling he's gone. He's th- I think he's going to be that sought after. I think you're going to have the same feeling you have with McKenzie Alexander. It's like, really? That was it? The career's over that fast? I need more Brian Brzee on the gridiron in Tigertown, and I cannot wait to see it this fall. Final segment of Hour 1 coming up next. Final segment of hour number one here on the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk on a Tuesday afternoon out to the text line. Just taking a look at uh, some of the messages that we've had come in here today. Nick listed to the program down in the state of Georgia chimes into the show and says, uh, happy birthday, Swanee. Hope you had a great day, old man. Yeah, I'm feeling old man. 45. Woo. 45 years old. Clemson Larry, by the way, did not chime in today, but Larry and I had a nice, nice exchange uh, over on social media or on the, the text line over the weekend about podcasts, et cetera. And he actually checked out the podcast. He used Overcast. He's also, it looks like, tried the uh, Google Podcast player as well to uh, get his fingers on the show. And so, Larry, I know you're not a avid podcast listener. But I do hope that in the days where you can't be with us live, that you will pick up the podcast. And that's where this show all started. And so we thank each and every one of you for being a part of what we do. Again, the website, put the dot .com on it, doggone it, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. And $63.17 gets you one year of coverage. And believe me, we are pushing it forward when it comes down to recruiting coverage. So thank you all for your support uh, as we continue to grow uh, our platform again tonight six o'clock Clemson taking on North Carolina the Tigers and the Tar Heels face off at Little John Coliseum in what certainly feels like a must-win game for Clemson and uh, look I think I, I I think that you know you win two out of three against these these next three opponents North Carolina Duke and Notre Dame and and some of the ills of the season are are, are gone uh, I don't think it completely w- washes away the issues, but it's one of those things that Brad Brunell has found a way to do during his tenure. And that's what people will say. Like, you see people on social media, they will say, this this, this is what he does. Loses games. It, it, it's, you know what it is? It's almost Tommy Bowden in football. Loses to teams he probably should never lose to, but yet finds a way to make a run like Tommy Bowden did in 3 where they beat number three ranked Florida State. Then they end up hammering South Carolina, 63-17. And then they go and beat Tennessee in, in the Peach Bowl. And you're looking around at the end of the year going, man, we lost three or four games or whatever, but how are you going to fire a guy that makes that kind of run? That's what basketball has done, right? Like every time you think, yep, this is going to be the last straw for Brad Brownell, that Clemson runs out there and plays some kind of fantastic basketball and wins in Chapel Hill, 
finds a way to beat Duke or whatever the scenarios are that are necessary to stem the tide. It's like you can see the dam getting ready to break. And you just know, and some of you hope that the dam breaks. Like some of you are ready for the dam to break because you want change. And I don't mind it. If it happens, it happens. Like, listen, if Clemson next year is coached by some 30-year-old head coach, your boy Swanee's okay with it. I said it yesterday. I'm fi- That is fine with me. I am absolutely okay turning this program over to the youngest coach in college basketball. I really am. If you told me that the youngest coach coaching collegiate basketball is 28 years old, and you told me Clemson can hire him, do it. If it's available, if the if the Clemson job is open, I want the youngest guy we can get. That's that that would be my theory. Go get the best young coach in the business. All that being said, these are the type of games that Brad Brunell has found a way to win. And if I'm sitting in here tomorrow talking about a Clemson victory, whether it's by one or one hundred over North Carolina. I would not be shocked, and I should be. <laughs> and I should be. 803-450-0086. Coming up in hour number two, Mike Yuva joins us. Also in hour number two, we'll dive into several other topics, including the staff that is being put together in Miami Gardens, Coral Gables, the Miami Hurricanes, Dan Radakovich former Clemson Athletic Director, knows exactly what it takes to build a preeminent program on the gridiron. And it looks like Mario Cristobal's been handed the keys and the opportunity to do that at a program that historically in college football has been of major significance. Recently, however, really has not been. And it would certainly appear that at this point, as they head towards year one, who knows what it'll end up looking like for the Hurricanes uh, over the long haul. But Mario Cristobal, former football player there, former head coach at Oregon, uh, definitely getting the opportunity to put together uh, a wonderful staff around him. So we'll touch on that here in just a little bit as well. 803-450-0086. That is the text line and the phone line. Again, we're closing in also on Clemson Tiger Baseball. They host a scrimmage coming up on the 12th, an intra-squad scrimmage. Going to be held at Doug Kingsmore Stadium at 1 o'clock, free and open to the public. They will also have their 2022 schedule there, the posters. You know, you can put them up in your room as it is the 125th season of Clemson Tiger Baseball with the first of three games set to take place against Indiana at Doug Kingsmore Stadium beginning February the 18th. Again, if you're interested in tickets, you can call 1-800-CLEMSON. But this weekend, you won't need tickets as the event is free and open to the public as Clemson hosts an intra-squad scrimmage there at Doug Kingsmore Stadium on February the 12th. Hour number two, right around the bend, we'll peek over the fence into the backyard of the South Carolina Gamecocks as our buddy Mike Yuva joins the program. 
uh, to give us some insight into South Carolina. Plus, we'll talk with Mike about what he thinks of the odds of Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, and others getting back into the college football playoff in 2022. Stay with us for more of the show that shakes the Southland. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Ready, Just call me Swanee. Tiger style. Tiger style. Is our number two. That's drive time right here on the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk. Lawton Swan with you on a Tuesday afternoon. And our buddy Mike Yuba from GamecockCentral.com joins us here to talk a little bit about South Carolina. But also, Mike, I want to get into uh, some more uh, regionalized topics when it comes down to college football, my man. But I certainly hope you're doing well and always appreciate you taking time out of your day to be a part of the show. Good, man. How's the, uh, how's the birthday treating you? You know, 45 is looking good on me, Mike. I'll be honest with you. You know, people people give me 35. grief about 35. 35. 35. I just want to make sure the audio, the audio is a little funky <laughs> in the car. He said 35, yeah. guys. It can get kind of garbled. Yeah, but you know, I'll be honest. I still mentally feel about 23, 24. Uh, physically, I'm hanging in there. I'm doing all right. So I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm excited. Getting ready to go out to dinner with the fam. Mike Yuba again, GamecockCentral.com, as Tiger Nation gets to peek over the fence into the backyard of the Gamecocks once a week here on the show that shakes the Southland. And Mike, before we do that, I, I do want to begin with this. I, I was talking earlier in the show, you know, when you look at the landscape of college football, it, it is still very much Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and when you really look at the odds right now of who's going to get into the college football playoff, Clemson is still sitting there, in most people's opinions, fourth. Now, I get it. Gamecocks will say, ah, well, it's a, you know, the ACC, this, that, and the other. Do you think Clemson is where they are more so because of the league they play in? Or do you think most experts look at last year and say, hey, that might have been a bit of a one-off for this Clemson Tiger team, and they return a lot of talent in 2022. I think it's both. I think it's both. I feel like you can't overlook the other because 
you know, look, I just don't think Clemson is as talented as they were for the five-year run when they won their first title, uh, with the, obviously their second in program history, but the first of this span, and then, of course, winning their second one a couple of years ago. Now, does that mean they can't go out there and prove me wrong in the field? Absolutely, they could do that. Do I think they're going to be as bad as some people maybe on the outside project them to be? Uh, no. And the reason being is because, like you said, yes, they do have a lot of talented pieces. They are moving a lot of pieces around some guys aren't even there anymore right you know whether it be the transfer portal whether it be coaches i mean that's college football in the world of 2022 so it's not like this is the only team going through this and as we saw last year i mean shoot south carolina went through uh, a plethora of changes right between coaches between players and they were able to get back to a point where they hadn't been in a long time now granted from a standard standpoint that would be below clemson standards but the point being is you can have a lot of moving pieces and still be okay. And it all starts, of course, having with Dabo Sweeney there and some of the nucleus players that they have come back next season. But I, I do think that it would be foolish not to look at the fact of the conference um, and know that, you know, first and, first and foremost, I mean, that has been a conference that Clemson has just been dominating, it seems like, for the last decade. So you, you can't overlook that part. So I think both of them go hand in hand. Um, do I feel like this will be a Clemson team that will be one of the more talented groups that Dabo's had uh, the last couple of years? Certainly not, but I feel like they'll still be good. And I feel like they'll be able to bounce back from what they did last year. They just still have, you know, a lot of questions maybe going into the season in comparison to a year ago, because I think a lot of people expected DJ Uyunglele to be able to come right in and demonstrate the same things he did during those two starts. He, he took when uh, Triple Hearts was out the year prior. So, Mike, with that being said, you mentioned DJ. There's some thought that he is actually in the process of trying to slim down a little bit and lose a little weight, maybe become a little more mobile in the pocket. I, I know there's an advantage to being as big as he is, but uh, as we all know, whether it's you look at a guy like Zion Williamson, et cetera, there's a toll that it takes. His knee was an issue for him a year ago. How important to this Clemson Tiger offense, specifically with DJ Uyunglele, if he is the starting quarterback, how important is it in your estimation that he maybe does trim down some and comes back a little bit more a fleet of foot, so to speak? Well, I mean, shoot, I'd be lying to you if, I've been, if I said I've been paying attention to his weight that closely, but it's one of those things, as you mentioned, it's like, yeah, you can think about it a little bit more. I think at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, 300 pounds or if you're a buck 50 you know you got to be able to make some of the throws and he didn't do that last year now is that all on him certainly not uh, this offensive line when you look at it in comparison to the last couple of years I, I think that's a position that they just didn't have as much depth uh, in comparison to years past and when they had some of the early season injuries it really kind of put them behind the eight ball it's not something that they've had to really deal with they've been very fortunate over the last couple of years especially during that run when they were just so dominant and I don't want to say that the run's over yet but Right. Um, I think think I think when you talk about injuries, you talk about just the wear and tear on your body, I think it can certainly help. And it's not about just necessarily cutting some pounds. It's being able to get some of that baby fat and turning it into good weight. You know, it, it's so funny, especially with everything with Tom Brady, with him retiring. You see all the different shows going on, uh, whether that be, you know, Man of the Arena or the Tuck Rule, third for third the other day. You keep thinking about when quarterbacks came into the league around his his time period, right? When he came into the league and quarterback, it's just different now. It's a different mindset. The nutrition's different. We know more about what to do to be able to try to protect our bodies. So I, I say that because it starts with the quarterback. 
It really does. And if he feels like, hey, look, I need to trim down a little bit. I need to be able to maybe do some more pliability. I need to do different things that are going to be able to protect my body. So even though I'm cutting back on that weight, but I can still protect myself when I'm running out there, being a little bit more mobile, then that's fantastic. Does that change his game a little bit? It can happen. Certainly. He might not be able to take the same amount of blows. But at the same time, too, I mean, shoot, I don't care if you're, you know, in your first year in the NFL or your first year in college, at some point, the wear and tear is going to catch up to you. You have to be a little bit smarter. So I think he's realizing that, too, and he's realizing ultimately at the end of the day, he needs to be able to go out there and throw the football, and he knows that he can still bring that element of being able to run a little bit. just might not be that power run. It might be just a little bit more quicker, and that might be exactly what Clemson needs this year. Again, he's on Twitter at Mike underscore UVA, and he works for GamecockCentral.com, one of the newest members of the On3 network. And, Mike, let's talk a little bit about the South Carolina Gamecocks because I did mention, you know, when you look at Clemson, I know everybody's excited about the offense, but I think the return of Brian Brzee for the Tigers is a big deal. What about South Carolina? That defensive front a year ago had, you know, the makings of being – uh, you know, just spectacular, put up some really good numbers early on in the season, maybe faded a little bit late. What do you expect to see from South Carolina uh, defensively in 2022? I expect the D-line to be the, the bread and butter of this defense again. If you really think about it over the last couple of years, like, yes, I understand they've produced an All-American at safety in Jalen Foster. Yes, I understand they produced two corners who were drafted in, you know, Idri Mukamu and, and also J.C. Horn, who's the first defensive player picked a year ago in the draft. But when you think about what they've done on the defensive line, it's really set the tone. And we've talked about it on your show before. I don't care who the heck you have in the secondary. You know, maybe I've used this name. You could have, you know, Dick Knight Train Lane or, you know, Deion Sid. It doesn't matter who you're, who's in your secondary. You don't <laughs> right. put a big pass pressure. It's not going to matter. So I think one of the things that helped South Carolina out a lot this year, especially for a secondary, and that's not to take away from the guys that came in, and, you know, the job that guys like Foster had this year. But one of the reasons that South Carolina was able to kind of cover up some of those blemishes is because they had a strong pass rush. And not just a strong pass rush, but was able to stop the running games. Now, they weren't perfect all season, certainly not. You can think of games in Clemson in particular, being able to get off the field in critical situations where they struggled, of course. But you're losing one of your best players that you've had over the last couple of years, a guy that should be able to get drafted in the first round in J.J. and Mbare, but they have so many talented guys and guys that, you know, if you're a Clemson fan and you follow high school football, I mean, these are names that you've heard over the last couple of years, you know, starting with a guy like Zach Pickens. Um, then it goes down to Jordan Birch, and it just goes across the board and the guy that's returning this year. So there's a lot of talented players that they have there, but certainly when you lose a guy like an Mbare, that's a big, big, big void that you're going to have to fill because – even though statistically sometimes it might not have looked like he was doing much, he was taking on a lot of double teams, and that was freeing up other players to be able to make tackles. So I'm interested to see how South Carolina is able to respond to his loss and how teams approach South Carolina's front seven, especially early on in the year, knowing like, hey, look, there's some talented guys out there, but they're not J.J. and Ibarra. They need to prove themselves. And who knows? I mean, right now those guys, I've seen some of the videos that have been coming out, of their winter workout program, some of those guys are looking pretty big. Um, and it's only been a couple months since the last time we saw them. So uh, they are getting after a strength and conditioning coach, Luke Day. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Mike, one of the unique things about sports fans is that they're fanatical, right? And I feel like a guy in Shane Beamer's spot, given the success they had winning the Duke's Mayo Bowl and the season that South Carolina put together, uh, a lot of positives took place. But we also know, and you know this, that th- it can turn on a you know in the, in the blink of an eye. So, what does a, a guy like Shane Beamer have to do, in your estimation, to continue to keep support at the level it currently is, even if next season maybe doesn't have quite the same zest, so to speak, uh, that maybe this past year did? Does that make sense? What I'm getting at? No, it does. It does. I think more than anything, you have to show improvements in areas where people want to see them going into the year, right? And I think that goes without saying uh, from an offensive standpoint. You know, Marcus Satterfield has been a lot of buzz, obviously, going uh, probably from the bye week on. You know, would he be back next season? Uh, more so probably externally than anything else. And then you see the departures just this past week of Connor Shaw and a guy like Eric Emery, who's the tight ends coach, and what happens on the message boards? Oh, they must be leaving because of that. I mean, I can tell you right now, that's not the case. And when some of these figures come out in in terms of uh, what Connor Shaw and Eric Kimmery are going to be making, uh, people are going to be looking at that saying, oh, okay, (laughs) yeah, that makes sense. So uh, I I say that because there's going to be uh, critics going, just like there is any season, but there's going to be critics going into this season at certain positions. And offense in particular for South Carolina, if they struggle, if any other coaches decide to leave, people are going to be looking at Marcus Satterfield. And I can tell you right now, that's wrong, but it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what the fans think, you know, how, how they're going to go about things. And, I mean, shoot, look at the situation right now in Auburn. And it's obviously a much different than apples to orange comparison. Yeah. But the point Oof. being, it is such a mess out there. You don't know what's fact and what's fiction. And the issue right now with social media, the issue with these message boards you're going through all that stuff. And you don't know what's true or not. And it kind of becomes like a game of telephone, right? Someone tells one thing. And then by the time it gets to the 30th person, it's completely different. You know, Hey, uh, Johnny, go get some apples. By the end, it's, Hey, Johnny, go get an ice cream. So you don't know what's true and what's fiction. And I think that's the scary thing. So for South Carolina, there's going to be fans going into this season that already have it out for Satterfield. They, they just don't think he's going to be able to get it done. And if the offense doesn't make progress, it's his fault. And then that will go back to Shane Beamer. And they'll say, why didn't you move on from your buddy? That's what's going to happen if South Carolina doesn't have success. They could have success this year. So when I was thinking about this, they have success this year. Rattler yeah. has a great year. 
Stack comes back next season, if they struggle, oh, it's only because of Rattler. I think Stack's in a tough position right now. I don't know how many years it's going to take for him to be able to get the fan base to believe in him because even if they have success this season, how many of those people look at Marcus Satterfield and say, hey, that's the reason why we were able to make a jump from, from year one to year two because he made adjustments. Or are people going to look at it and say, that's the reason, Spencer Rattler. So offense in particular, I know it wasn't the specific question you asked, but I think offense in particular is an area that a lot of people already, as we sit here in February, are going to be looking at and pointing at Shane Beamer depending on how the season turns out. No, listen, I, I, I think you make a, a lot of fantastic points there, and, and I think that the reality for just fans in general is you when you have a, a, a new head coach, there is this initial excitement, and then when he has success, it is amplified. And if there's a back step, what you can't do is is just immediately go, oh, man, this is wrong. Like You still have to give him time. And Clemson, I, I think, is a prime example of that, right? I mean, Dabo Sweeney, year one, his first full year in 09, takes Clemson to the ACC championship. They get beat by Georgia Tech. The following season, they finished six and seven, and people wanted him fired. And that's the thing that I think South Carolina fans, like they, I know they don't want to continue to compare Shane Beamer and Dabo Sweeney, but Mike, that's the prime example of why if you truly believe that a guy, like I believe Shane Beamer is going to do a great job, at South Carolina, you have to ride it out if you have a bad season. You can't go press and panic after a, a bump in the road, so to speak. That's just the era that we're in right now. You know, I mean, and Shane, Shane has mentioned it a couple times and how scary it is when you look at it from just the, just, just the time period that we're in. He talked about his father when his father was at Virginia Tech and just the struggles that they had as a program the first couple of years. He's like, shoot, he's like, if I was like my father, um, you know, and I had struggles like that in, 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 in today's era. He's like, I don't know if I'd be around. I mean, I, I'm throwing out some records right now. Okay? Yeah, right. This is, this is Virginia Tech when Frank Beamer took over in 1987. 2-9, 3-8, 6-4-1, 6-5, 5-6, 2-8-1. He's fired. He doesn't five, get to coach seasons. those last two years. Yeah. Six seasons right there. Two wins, three wins, six, six, five, two. And then after that, of course, the rest is history where he was able to go on a tremendous run of being able to not just go to bowl games, but being able to produce, you know, winning seasons, seasons of at least seven wins or more. So I, I say all that, and I think Shane's a thousand percent correct. It's going to be very difficult, especially in the climate that we're living in with college football for power five coaches to ever replicate that. And I get it. It was a different time period. Absolutely. But that's something worth mentioning because if, if Shane's mentioning that in his first year, he understands the expectations. He understands the external pressure. And I think a lot of coaches understand that as well. And I think that's one of the reasons why Shane's not sitting here saying, hey, all right, that's year one. Let's go into year two and you know, continue to build this up over time. No. He's taking advantage of the transfer portal. I think he really, truly recognizes it, and I think you'll see it happen more and more in the coming years. You'll see coaches say, shoot, we have to do this. Not every coach is going to have to do this. Is a guy like Nick Saban going to be worried about the transfer portal? Certainly not. guy like Dabo Sweeney right now? No. But at some point, you're going to have to keep up just like anything, right? You think about 
ops buildings, you think about locker rooms, you think about jerseys, you think about stadiums. Everyone's trying to stay up to the other person. And if you don't, you're going to fall behind. And I truly believe that when you think about the climate of college football coaches now, a guy like Beamer saying that in his first year Mm -hmm. shows you like, hey, shoot, I ain't sitting around waiting because if things don't go well in year two or year three, I know what's going to happen. Everyone's going to start saying, why did we hire the guy with no head coaching experience? And then now the buzz starts happening. Now you start to lose the fans. I mean, it just happened. It's it's, it's the right. college football circle of life. It's I think too, and and I'll talk about this after we get off with you. The money. All right. So the money they make now is so different from everybody else. They, the people can't relate. They just won't change when it doesn't work. All right. About a minute and a half left. Not even that. About a minute and ten. Super Bowl coming up this weekend, Mike. Who who you like? You got the Rams. You got the Bengals. Who do you like? On paper. When you look at the matchups that Cincinnati has gone up against, it makes no sense, really, how they've got to this point. It, it really doesn't. It makes zero sense how they've got to this point. And that's why, like, I'm, to me, the Rams, on paper, they should win this game. They have the talent. And I do, and I do believe they're going to be able to put the pressure on Joe Burrow. I mean, you think back to um, their first playoff game, the Bengals, this year. I mean, shoot, Burrow was on his back, and then he got sacked nine times. I mean, this, this will be the best pass rush that they've gone up against all season. And I don't think anyone's looking at Cincinnati now as, you know, the little engine. I mean, they're looking at them as like, all right, this, this team just took down Pat Mahomes to the Chiefs. So I don't think people are going to come out there expecting Cincinnati to lay an egg anymore. Um, and I think the question is, is Joe Burrow, Mr. Cool, Calm, Collected, is he going to be able to deliver in that pocket knowing that they're going to be keep coming punching him in the face, and they got to go up against a tremendous cornerback uh, in Jalen Ramsey. I mean, it's going to be that's, – that's where the chess match is. I'm not really even worried about the other side of the ball. I'm more so worried about is Cincinnati going to be able to keep up points-wise because I think L.A., the Rams, they're going to be able to, to put some points up here. Mike, buddy, always appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it, Swanee. With a quick break, be right back. Stay with us. Always appreciate Mike Uva joining us here on Clemson Sports Talk again on Twitter. You can follow him at Mike underscore UVA. You can follow us at Clemson Sports. So I know uh, about a week or so ago I was talking about the NFL Pro Bowl and and how I just thought it was such a waste and trying to figure out how to make it you know worth tuning into or watching or or whatever. And you know I I saw a suggestion. I, I have no idea where I saw it. It may have been suggested before. I can assure you, your boy Swanee never saw it before. But I saw a suggestion of something that could be done that would perhaps make for a much more entertaining weekend or Sunday uh, the weekend before the Super Bowl. And that was, what if you had the worst two teams in the NFL? So the Jaguars and I think Detroit. What if you had the worst two teams playing for the right to the first round pick? So instead of a lottery like the NBA does with the NBA draft lottery, what if the worst two teams in the NFL faced off and the winner got the top pick? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And, and, and the the thing about it is you'd say, well, the big concern would be if you had a game like that that they wouldn't want to play or whatever. And maybe there could be some sort of trade that would have happened perhaps that may mean that a team who would be in the position to get the first pick would not own the first round pick or the first draft pick. But what if that was what you did instead, and would that produce a game that you would tune into? Again, it's the two worst teams. Jacksonville this past season went three and fourteen. Detroit went three and three thirteen and one. I mean, those teams aren't good. But if they were vying for the 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 first pick of the draft, would that be enticing enough to pull you in? Would you tune in to watch that game for that purpose? Now, look, selfishly, Clemson fans, you'd be watching because Big Trev, the giant killer, would be playing. I mean, I, I, I do have to wonder if that wouldn't be a better option than what we got. <laughs> than what we got, which is, of course, uh, 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 an exhibition flag football game that I've seen – I've seen more quality football played on the on the playgrounds at recess when I was in elementary school. I mean, come on. Would that matchup be more intriguing? Or even, dare I say, dare I say, what if, what if you took the four bottom teams in the league and you had a little four-team playoff what if you set something up like that? I mean, maybe some people say, no, nah, it'd be too, you know, then the, the fourth team would win and, and it would th- throw off the balance. And, and the NFL is all about equality and balance and making sure that the worst team gets the first pick and so on and so forth. But, you know, I, I think there are some ideas there that could certainly uh, enhance that weekend's matchup more so than watching what you watch now if you choose to watch it. I mean, I'll be honest. With as bad as it is, I'd rather just get rid of it. And maybe there's a better idea or a better scenario out there to maximize viewership and increase interest uh, in that game. I mean, would you be more interested in seeing, say, the rookies versus the sophomores? I mean, would that be a game where there would be more interest 
more excitement, kind of like the NBA did where they had the rookie in the sophomore game for many years. Uh, the NBA also at one point, I think, sort of mimicked hockey, and I don't, I don't believe you could do this in the NFL, but I think that the NBA at one point did the USA versus the world. So they had the best players globally versus the best players from the United States. Maybe that's a more interesting matchup. I know, I know, and I think that was just for like the young guys. Like I think this was before the rookie sophomore game because you had your all-stars, but then they took the kind of the best of the rest from the world and the best of the rest from America. But I know in hockey... They've done that. They've had like North America versus the world, all the, you know, all the Canadians and uh, the American players. So, like, I, I don't think this current Pro Bowl format is working any longer. I don't even know if it worked ever, quite frankly. I don't remember a single year where I thought, man, I got to watch the Pro Bowl. And I am 45. I am 45. But I, I think my hope would be that the NFL and everybody else is tuning in and saying, we got to figure out a way to make this more enjoyable, more viewable for fans. Uh, quite frankly, what if you took, say, the Power Five? Maybe this would be more intriguing. What if you took the Power Five and you said, okay, well, we'll include, you know, somehow the AAC and non-Power 5 teams too. So maybe the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 players would take on the SEC, the Big 12, and the rest of the Big Six or the rest of the, uh, you know, whatever the other top players or whatever that weren't in Power 5 leagues. I mean, what if you did something like that? Would that be more interesting? I can make the argument that would be. I just don't know how you make it competitive outside of putting that draft pick on the line and, and saying, look, all right, Detroit, all right, Jacksonville, you guys are playing for the first pick in the draft. Loser gets second pick. Hey, I'm not telling you that wouldn't be a bad idea. I think you get a much more high-quality game. I'll tell you what, we're going to hit a quick break. When we come back on the show, we'll head out to the phone lines as Tim gave us a call. Stay with us. Rolling along on a Tuesday afternoon, the show that shakes the Southland, Lawton Swan, Clemson Sports Talk, the website, the same. Put the dot-com on it, doggone it. That's ClemsonSportsTalk.com. We also have several text messages to get to, so we'll make this segment less about me and more about you as we move towards the back end of the program. But Tim, he has been known to call the program. We love when he calls the program. We love when you call the program. And Tim is a big fan of leaving us a message, and we can squeeze him in to the show. You are welcome to do so as well. Tim, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Heard you talking about Clemson basketball. And, uh, you know, with uh, our coach there, Brad Brunel, he's really a uh, uh, – he really hasn't done anything since he's been there in a while. I thought a couple of years ago maybe they should have got 
a younger guy in there, just what my fans, some of the Clemson fans were thinking, I was thinking, and maybe, you know, in a couple of years with a young guy there, with the energy that he can, you know, coach these players and get them fired up, I think that's what Clemson needs to do at the end of the year. I mean, Brad's been there long enough and stuff, and we losing to the worst team, you know, in Georgia Tech. They had, I heard after the game, I listened to the game, I heard after the game that their bench scored 37 points, and half those guys, and three or four of those guys had like 10 points, 8 points, and all. It's got 37 came from their bench. That's not the really, well, the starters, it was just, just different team, different players getting seven, eight points off the bench, and they had 37 points off their bench, man. And Clemson just, uh, it's never, it's never gonna be their sport. They're never gonna be able to do what Dabo's done. Clemson's a football school. You don't think of Clemson as basketball, but you sure hope for the best, and you sure hope that we can, Winston, next uh, few games, next week or so, they got some tough games with Duke, North Carolina, I think you said. But, man, I'm a Clemson fan regardless. I just think there needs to be a change. Thank you for letting me talk on the show. You do a great job talking to Clemson sports. Uh, like I said, I love football is my favorite and always will be. But I love basketball like baseball. But we'll see what happens, man. I appreciate what you're doing. Go Tigers, and let's go get them, man. And thanks for letting me be your show. You do a great job, as I said before. Keep it up, man. Your your talk show's the best, man. Take care, and uh, go Tigers. Bye. Thank you, Tim. Always appreciate the kind words. And, you know, I, I think that, I think there are a lot of fans that that feel very similar to the way you do. I know that there is a ton of frustration from the Tiger faithful that this men's basketball team consistently has underachieved, even though it's not an overly well-supported in my opinion, not an overly well-supported program. I think that there's a uh, there are a lot of people that are just lethargic when it comes down to Clemson hoops, and that's a frustration for me because. I was so passionate about Clemson basketball, and and I don't need them to be a, a team that gets to the Final Four or even the Elite Eight every year. But I want a team that's competitive for a Sweet Sixteen run every season. And you're and you're not that, and you haven't been that since probably the early '90s, mid '90s when uh, Rick Barnes is there. And you're right, 37 bench points for Georgia Tech, 37 of their 39 points. Came from the bench. I mean, that's that's tough to overcome when the Tigers are only scoring nine bench points. And so, again, when you take out, I, I get it. When you take out um, Hunter Tyson, that that's difficult 
I mean, that's a big part of this team. But I, like you, and probably 95% of the other people tuning into this show, Tim, expect Clemson basketball to be more competitive than they have been. And that's what bugs me. All right, we got a couple of other text messages to get to here today. Let's see. HD in Charlotte says, Happy birthday, Swanee. Show gets better every year. Appreciate it, HD. Got a text message from an unnamed texter. says, Happy birthday, sir. Having some chips and salsa in your honor. Glad I can, glad I can bring chips and salsa to the table. <laughs> At least doing what I doing what I can uh, to deliver <laughs> deliver high quality salsa and chips to you every day here on the show. Let's see uh, any more text messages coming in today. Mm, I think I, I know I'm missing a couple uh, from a couple of days ago, so I do want to apologize to whomever. Uh, those were. I'm going to try to dig in to see if I can find them real quick. Um, Jake in Savannah chimed in a few days ago. Appreciate you, Jake. He said, how do you feel about the Jags' new head coach, uh, Doug Peterson? Uh, do you think he is a good hire for Trevor? I, I think he's a great hire for Trevor. Saw an interview with Trevor Lawrence the other day talking about the hire. And, of course, Peterson played professionally uh, as a quarterback in the NFL. That helps. Um, I think that there is no doubt the experiment, if you will, of Urban Meyer getting back collegi- or getting back coaching was a bad move, and I don't think it quote set that franchise back. I'm not sure they could go back really, but I do think that they um they suffered tremendously because of uh, Urban Meyer's lack of focus and attention to uh, being a head coach. Um, Myers got issues, folks. I, 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 I think Myers, if he coaches again, I'll be shocked. Uh, I, I think that even given the success he's had, uh, I, I think that there are just some things underneath the surface that aren't good. And I don't think you'd want him coaching your kids. Wait a quick break. We'll put a bow on the show when we get back. Stay with us. What have you done for me lately? It's a fair question. Just don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Don't forget history. Lucky for us at Clemson, the answer to the questions, what have you done for me lately, and what have you done always, are the same. We win. Final segment on a Tuesday afternoon, the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk. I don't know if you can sing happy birthday, so I won't, but it is. Yes, sir. 45. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. You know, I started thinking, though, man, (laughs) this hit me. Uh, When my daughter is my age, which doesn't feel very old to me at this time, 
And I feel like if you said to me, Swanee, do you remember when you were like 10? Yeah. Like it was yesterday. When my daughter is my age, I'll be 80. Oh. <laughs> Gut punch. Oof. And you guys will still be tuning in to the show that shakes the Southland because I'm like Dick Vitale, baby. Yeah, Dick Vitale, baby. Gonna do this till I'm 100. <laughs> 35 years from now, I'll be 80. Woo. 803-450-0086. So I mentioned Mario Cristobal and uh, the job that he's doing down at Miami in terms of recruiting coaches. You know, it was a little bit of a slow start. Um, I, I don't know if it was a planned slow start per se under Cristobal. And, of course, Dan Radikovich now the director of athletics uh, at Miami. But the Miami Hurricanes are quickly putting together, quickly putting together a pretty good coaching staff. And yesterday they actually went into Athens, Georgia, and swiped one of the top recruiters uh, in college football as they brought in Jamil Aday, defensive backs coach, to coach defensive backs for uh, for the Hurricanes from Georgia. Again, this is one of the nation's top recruiters this past season. Also, Mario Cristobal has added former Clemson Tiger defensive coordinator Kevin Steele to his staff as a defensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis, who was at Michigan. Uh, and they continue to try to piece together a great group of individuals to bring uh, the U uh, back. And, you know, I don't know that there's a perfect scenario to quickly fix uh, the issues that Miami's had in recent years. But let's not forget, it it wasn't all that long ago that Miami entered into the ACC championship game for the first time back in 2017. The Hurricanes, of course, in that ball game were coached by Mark Richt, who had gone there after being at Georgia, who had a season where they were, I think, what, 7-1 maybe in conference play. They were a top 10 team. I think they were ranked 7th or so going into that ballgame. They were 10-1 and one, and probably get into the college football playoff with a victory. Uh, instead, Clemson dominates at 38-3, and it sort of felt like that moment set them back, and then Mark Rick uh, ends up, leaving uh, the ball club the following season and they bring back Manny Diaz and it just kind of floundered under Diaz. But Rick had that program on the cusp of the college football playoff, which says a lot about Mark Rick, who, by the way, absolutely, absolutely love Mark Rick. Uh, great guy. Uh, fun interview. But even still, there's work to be done, but it, it it does feel like Cristobal, again, a former player, going out and building his staff and seemingly doing a really good job 
while maybe more measured and taking more time than people expect or expected. But yeah, I think that at this point, I mean, if you say long-range view and vision, who challenges Clemson in the Atlantic Coast Conference? I mean, I, I think at this point, you probably have to point towards Miami. And it will come down to the success on the field. And I think kind of like we talked about with Mike Yuva earlier, I think there will be a lot of pressure to succeed very early on for Cristobal. I don't think that down years will be accepted very well, given the expectations of that fan base. But the reality is, I think at this point, you know, obviously in the Atlantic division, it's probably going to end up being at some point down the line, Florida State, that's uh, the most likely to challenge Clemson. I know NC State this year is sort of the team that's on the radar to pull that off. But when it comes down to the long haul in this league, assuming Cristobal has some success early on and doesn't get fired and uh, when you get when your coach gets fired, that is like control alt delete. If you if you've been around a, an IBM computer, or a, you know a Windows PC, anytime you know what that I mean, that's kind of what this is. When you have to fire your coach, it's control alt delete. You're completely resetting. But if if you can have a coach come in like Cristobal, have a couple of good years, stack some recruiting classes, I think all of a sudden you got a chance to be a threat to get into the college football playoff, to get into the ACC championship game, and maybe challenge Clemson for the crown in the Atlantic Coast Conference on a consistent basis. That's all the time we've got for today. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, as always, y'all take care now, and go Tigers! Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.